Welcome in everyone. It's episode 52 of the 1056 podcast. The Greg Odin episode, man. The man who got drafted number one by the Portland Trailblazers. He was the future of their organization. Got riddled with injuries. Fun fact, he took one class his second semester at Ohio State. Jeff, guess what it was? The history of rock and roll, allegedly, baby. <laughs> Shout out to Greg Oden. That's how he really got. Uh, I really that's how he got his career going. I really wanted him to do well because he looked like he was sixty and he was nineteen, and I'm almost twenty nine and I look six. That's it. Not by height though. No, he's seven feet. Dude. No, like, you. Yeah, no, I know. Just by my my big beard, my luscious mane, as that progressive commercial talks about. And Jeff's just drawing. There we go. We've lost him. It's been 30 seconds. And welcome in, everyone. Um, we're here. Episode 52. I was, I'm was. i kind of sad because episode 51 was such a banger. You know, like Bernie Williams, like burn, baby, burn. Sure, sure. I don't have a Greg Oden thing. I don't know. I don't I don't have one. So there you, you go. You just shared plenty of information. that, And I think that's all that matters about Greg Oden. Thanks, so man. we could just move on and just tell, <laughs> tell a story that isn't about Greg Oden. Because I don't want you to keep telling the story because that means the truth will come out and oh, if you tell right. me that he yeah. actually didn't study rock and roll in college then i'll be pissed <laughs> and i'll probably leave the podcast i won't be able to recover no 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 way too early dude okay we need to get to ten thousand, then split then do a behind the music then come back okay that's how we're gonna take ourselves to the moon i also hate that that phrase is played out but we're gonna do it anyway um yeah speaking of that we're almost at a thousand well we're almost at 900 followers on instagram so that's pretty sick man kind of kind that of working sick kind of working hard like just going absolutely working nuts. hard or hardly working shut up just shut up okay you don't work in the corporate world jeff so that that's also played out you're right. okay you're right. you're right this is that's actually part of the reason why i don't yeah like i'm just like just pounding pavement just like creating stuff for the instagram posting stories and the video content yeah you're killing it uh it's a lot of fun so i really want to say thank you to everyone i think we're going to do something fun for a thousand just putting it out into the ether now if you want to follow us if you want to add to our coalition our 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 our, i'm a pirate our following follow us on instagram at 1056 p-o-d-c-a-s-t podcast episode every other week i'm ignoring jeff because he's drawing really really shitty mickey mouse podcast every other week 1050 sips our out of state video review series the other offset week we just featured uh blue raspberry from evil twin distributed out of 12 percent in connecticut great episode great episode it was longer on this one but uh, I, I kept it in because Jeff did a really good job. He, he, he really just, he lit up the stage, which is his all white wall office with nothing on the walls, like an insane asylum. Well, you know what? I have stuff on the walls, but I work with kids. So yes. I, just, I just don't want them to be distracted by the other things. So I thought um, about putting stuff behind me, but I just don't want them to care. Nah, dude, it's boring. Boring. Mr. Jeff's boring. Okay, he is just getting worse. This this drawing, I'm not even going to describe it. It's just like, okay, perfect example. Do you, do you know that like famous like meme or picture or whatever that like this artist like just took like LSD and tried drawing? And there's like this the five stages of him like 
doing really well when he's sober. And then like the fifth one, he's like just drawing like the fourth dimension. Yeah. Like I think Jeff's drawing of Mickey Mouse, like he's a really good draw. Like Jeff can draw a pretty good Mickey Mouse. I would say you're like on the second picture of, <laughs> of Mickey Mouse where you this start to lose sketch. Ex- well, exactly. You've started to kind of lose touch. How do you know reality. I'm not on LSD right now? I don't know, dude. You'd be nailing it, dude. You'd be absolutely nailing it. Dude, we'll see how this podcast goes. <laughs> Hang in there, kids. Hang in there. Yeah, I'm um, but there there you go. What was I even talking about there? Oh yeah. Okay, so we did the video review. <laughs> we did the video. Oh, boy. I don't do that. Don't. No. Now we're gonna get sued. Great. Great. Okay. Or I might get a job. Who knows? They are the stone brewing of this throwing cease and desists out. Desists out. Tyler, you don't think that if I got a job voicing Mickey Mouse for Disney, mm-hmm. that wouldn't be good for the podcast? Would it? I don't know. It would be great for the podcast. Yeah. Hey, I'm I'm a Mickey Mouse voiceover artist. Okay. Hear me out. And I do a podcast. Give it a second. About beer. Okay. <laughs> Those don't overlap. <laughs> they don't. Maybe, maybe I'll get fired by Disney too. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, like I said, Disney is the stone brewing of just either just throwing out cease and desist. New England Brewing Company, best example. They, they did do the, that too. No, they don't do Mickey Mouse stuff. I don't oh. know. I I feel like it's it's been like taught. We might have talked about it before, but they did the Imperial Stout Trooper and they did the the Stout um, Stormtrooper helmet, mm-hmm. and they yep. got a cease and desist from Disney. So they put uh, the Groucho Marx glasses on it, and I guess now it's still good. I mean, they're not. They're not doing it. It's parody. It's parody. It's parody. It's all right. It's parody. Yeah. Um, and then Stone. I'm Burn. actually proud of this Mickey Mouse. God, don't be. It was hey, all it, pen. It was all pen. Ooh. What? I don't. Okay. I don't know. Tyler, we didn't win the contest. This yeah. the thing. The raffle. That was really what I was trying to allude to. I was trying. I was going to get there naturally. We're losers, Tyler. We're losers. Loser! You're a loser! We broke our one win streak of winning raffles for Tom M. Um, but it's for a good cause. Uh, if you're not sure what we're talking about, follow Tom M. Just it, it's always stout season, no apostrophe. Uh, if you don't know who Tom M is, do your research. But yep, didn't win. Pissed. I was really bummed. I really wanted a 12% gift card and didn't get it. So now I just got to pay full price for the beers I was going to get anyway. So uh, the worst. At least whatever. you're not paying. You're not paying more than it's worth. Yeah, it's tr- true. I mean, <laughs> I donated. I mean, we donated like the most amount, like the $20. I was like, Ugh. no, more than the beer is worth. Like, so you could, at least you're not buying beer from somebody else. And they're true the price. I did think of, oh, you mean like on the secondary? Yeah. Mm, I've done that. I've done that. And I'm not, I am proud of it because the beer is I'm good, disappointed but... in you. No, dude, you got it. Dude, you got it. I'm calling, I'm calling your, I'm calling your family. And telling wow. You. Why? Because I got duped, hoodwinked. Because you've been bamboozled. <laughs> Way to pick that one up, dude. I left that door open and that's what makes us chef's kiss, as they say. Yeah. Mar except makes- we're losers. Mar makes fun of me when I say chef's kiss because she doesn't think that people actually say it. And people do. They do. People of course say, they do. Yes, they do. And she's like, no one says chef's kiss. And yes, they do, man. It, it yeah. I they, mean, I don't. Yeah. But man, people you're, you're normal. I'm not. So I'm I'm not from this this world. Uh yep, so it didn't win, but keep an eye out. Tom M. 
always doing giveaways. It's great to see. I think he's also one of the like hosts now of Heavy Drinking Podcast, which is back. Speaking well, about, he's always been involved in that. Like he, I think he's like a permanent like oh. host now. Maybe I don't know. It's hey just, Tom M, why don't you uh, messages us on, on Facebook and let us know? Yeah, no, message us on Instagram, dude. I don't check my Facebook messages. Oh, that's what I meant. I'm on Facebook. That's why. I, I swear the podcast. I'm not just screwing around. Oh, that's <laughs> a kid day here. <laughs> yeah, I am. I'm, no, it's all for here. Yeah, man. Um, so before we get into our interview, um, I don't know, just kind of we were looking at CT beer drinkers. I was like trying to like it was kind of a slow news uh two weeks, I guess. Nothing, you know, no, no, no super earth shattering releases. A lot of great beer that's being coming out in the state. I don't mean to downplay that. Um quick question. Does a beer yeah. run count as cardio? Does it uh, did you find that as did you find a meme of that or did you just think of that? Was it a meme? It's a meme. It is a meme that someone typed up yep could make sure it was converted to a jpeg yep and posted on social media for others to look at this is the downfall of our society okay Here we are if it wasn't the fog memes okay if it wasn't that it's that some there's always like a wine and cardio thing there's always like this the the prototypical someone lifting a bottle of wine and that's like your curl workout. I feel like it falls into that same bucket of alcohol-based exercise memes. Yeah. Chock full of them. Uh, anyway, what I was saying is uh, someone in the Connecticut beer drinkers group to like something that was actually insightful and not funny, which is a Venn diagram that is rarely, I feel like overlapped, but well, here we are. Not everything on the, on the page is insightful, but everything on the page is not funny. <laughs> I don't know why that was so. Yeah, yeah, you're you're right. I mean, part of me kind of misses it though. Sometimes it's insightful. That's nice. If we ever have, I thought about this. Like, if we ever get abomination on, my first question is going to be, did you realize what you were getting yourself into when you released a good beer called Wandering into the Fog, and how many middle aged men? would be making the exact same joke about not being able to see their beer. Like, like way to go, man. Like, wait, like, do you know what you did? <laughs> that would be my first question. <laughs> it's a good question. Yeah. Anyway, but, but anyway, um, so there was uh, some legislation, this whole, obviously everything with COVID, the alcohol industry has kind of been flipped upside down, specifically more targeted uh, breweries and specifically in Connecticut, cause I don't know the legislation for other States, but, um, I know the topic is being brought up again on sort of a, um, legislative standpoint to try and adjust the rules about like having to purchase something on premise in order to have a beer there. It's like this, it's this rule that like went into effect. Why there's like a million different reasons why, but here we are, and I know that um, Phil was commenting on it, and I know the Guild is trying to change that law. Um, and the reason why I want to bring it up is someone brought up a really good point. Like, whether we're in COVID, pre-COVID, post-COVID, whatever, someone brought up a good point that was like, technically, like, the whole gray area of having dogs in, a, in breweries like that, like, inside, like, I feel like is not sanitary. I feel like that's not allowed, you know, like, I don't, I don't know. I, and it kind of made me think, I was like, 
Oh yeah, that's true. Especially like if the barrels that they brew the beer in are in the same area as where you're sitting, it's it's kind of like oh that's oh uh, right, right right. So I mean, we could say it. I mean, that that question can be raised at Alvarium. The barrels are right there, and they're big on dogs. Right, but I mean, like obviously, like breweries keep everything clean. I think it's just more of a thing that has like just gone on and it's like oh yeah that's it it's become this like standard but it's like oh that's a thing and it's weird like granted it's it's not about like the brewing equipment also but you're pouring things into an open container like dust right so i mean i guess you would have to you would have to spend a lot of money and do an analysis on how what the difference between the cleanliness of dogs without dogs at certain places are um I don't really have any problems <clears throat> with dogs too much. No. Um, I'd rather them than kids. Yeah, honestly. At it, breweries. I don't know what my girlfriend listening to this and thinking that all yeah, things have changed. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jeff doesn't want kids <laughs> ever. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. He's getting a vasectomy. Slip, snap, snip, snap, snap, snap. Oh, no. I'll, I'll snip it and then re-snap it and then snip it again and maybe resnap oh, it that's gross we just lost every listener that was <laughs> they want to hear the interview. it's from the office dude he had like how I many know, i know that's what i quoted it from um so yeah you know it's i'm i'm curious to see what sticks like delivery which should and what doesn't like having to buy a meal a quote substantial meal at a brewery which i to this day i still don't understand like we've been doing this for almost two years, for over two years now, there's certain things like this bubble of the number of breweries being too saturated. There's a lot of things that I've already had my mind changed about. Uh, the whole aspect of having to buy a meal and like stay there and whatnot, all these like limitations still make no sense. Whatsoever. I think I think if you can't come, I don't think the argument, this is where I have a problem with changing legislation, legislation, is that if you ask the question to a politician, why is it there, and they can't answer it, then the law shouldn't be there. Overdone. It's not that's obviously not that simple, but obviously if you can't, if if there is no reasonable rational ground for the law to be there anymore, you know, there might have been back in the day, like we have those now, right? And it made sense then, but it doesn't make sense now. Then why is it there? It shouldn't be like, well, why should we change it? No, yeah. why should you keep it? Bingo. Like Bingo. The, the, the question is the burden of proof should be on the politicians to, to like, this is inhibiting us. Yeah. We can show that, but why do we need this? Why is this even a fight? And, and, and sometimes it, you know, uh, I, we, we had some inside, like who, who I forget who explained this to us. Oh, I, I, I get our conversations sometimes a little mixed up, but we had this explained where sometimes, um, mm-hmm. These politicians are just kind of they're they're over it type of attitude. Oh yeah, who that was talking about I, that shit? I don't remember. I don't. Whatever. It's it's a moot point. But you're right. Oh um, uh, Danny Flynn, DRF. Boom. It was. Yes. It was Danny Flynn. He kind of like, and that's true. Like you get some of these politicians. They are older because it takes time to get to the level in which they are sometimes. So they are older and they're kind of just over it. He was making a point on how we should probably have some meat younger politicians up coming in mm. and with energy and th- sometimes they just don't want to deal with it you're right they'll be like right it doesn't need to be there but you know the kind of pain in the ass it is to take this out of here 
and I'm over it. And that's not an attitude you want. But if if there's countless laws that you probably can't explain why they're there and they're probably doing more harm than good, so why are they around? Less is more, baby. So I hope, you know, with things like the Guild and with a compassionate group of people now in the beer industry in Connecticut that's making waves like nationally as far as the quality and the namesake and all of that. I hope we see more changes. Um, you know, time obviously will tell on that, but I just thought it was very interesting. And um, I appreciate the individual who, who kind of got this ball rolling again. So very curious to see. Speaking of getting the ball rolling, we rolled the ball all over the state last weekend in preparation for this interview that you're hearing right now jeff question for you how was that segue um i give it a 4.5 out of 5 yes that's pretty good uh yeah so we went on a complete circle around the state basically either we went to the sticks of connecticut Dude, we went to Brooklyn, Connecticut. We went to Danielson, Dan- Daniel. Well, I was getting there, dude. I was getting there. Danielson was our destination. Oh, I don't know what order we hit these times. I don't remember either. It just got it just kind of blurred after a while. We passed by Yukon, which like if you went to Yukon or know where Yukon is, it's in the middle of nowhere. And we went beyond there. But it was a lot of fun. And we ended up at Black Pond Brews. Um, Corey, who's one of the co-founders and the head brewer reached out to, uh, me on Reddit based off of a post, I think from CT beer, one of like the places that you and I post and was like, Hey, we'd love to be on the show. And I was like, yeah, dude, let's do it. So we drove there. It was like an hour and a half. Um, got to see the place, got to meet Mr. Kitty, which is pretty sweet. You'll hear him in the interview a little bit. Um, just me like not freaking out about it, but internally I was, and got to try some great beer and, and got to meet the, the, some of the people there. Just an overall really great group of guys. They um, gave us, they gave us a beer to try. We yeah. made sure that we supported them and we got brought some other beers home. It was and in, in the following interview, we will talk all about Black Pond and their start and where they're going and how they do it. Yeah. We talk about, we try some beers on air. We try two beers. Yep. So stay tuned to find out which ones those are because they were fun. And yeah. we just kind of fucked around for a while. Yeah, we we did. It ended up, I wanted to be like 45 minutes and like ended up being, I think like an hour and a half plus. I got to see what the actual final tally is. So uh, it's a longer interview, but it was hilarious. We we tried to pitch a Mori Povich beer, um, which is still in the works. And that's just a little taste, a little chef's kiss of what to expect. Uh, we're also part of the Founders Wall. So part of their efforts, they are opening up a new location. And if you go on their site, blackpondbrews.com, I think, something like that. Um, you can obviously, if you're in the Danielson area, get cans to go. But you can also help support them uh, for their new location that's going to be opening up in the next couple of months or so. And if you so give we're... a certain amount, you can get your name on a wall. Boom. So now we're in that place forever. So you can't get rid of us. Sorry. Can't do it. I don't know. We'll always be there. We'll Whoa. always be there. Watching. Yeah. But honestly, like it's a black. If you've never been to Black Pond, it's a great little place. And I think, Jeff, you brought up really well. It's that very like homey, like this this sort of organic sort of brewery in the sense that it feels like some like you're in your friend's house in like their basement just hanging out drinking beer it was the same comparison that we gave to the beerix like which we love and we love just how black pond was set up um 
and so that is uh that that's we go we into it in the interview but tyler it's not like people wait anymore no way man all right all right here we are it's our interview with Corey and mike of black pond bruce hope you enjoy it and we'll see you for the next 1050 sips interview or review follow us on instagram at 1056 p-o-d-c-a-s-t and leave us a review and we'll see you in the next episode and we're back and this type of interview is something that jeff and i are very excited about we're here joined by an actual connecticut brewery i think that's a first from brewers from a connecticut brewery that actually brew beer and we are pumped i say that speaking on behalf of jeff and myself we're bringing it all the way to danielson connecticut we're talking to the co-founders of Black Pond Brews out of Danielson, Corey and Mike, are our most recent guests on the 1056 podcast. Gentlemen, how are you tonight? We're great. Thanks for having us. Oh, yeah. It was, it was a pleasure. Like we said, kind of pre-interview, uh, appreciate you reaching out. You know, you found us through Reddit, just through Jeff's hard work of posting these episodes on don't, he, for those listening, he is shrugging it off. Okay. He works tirelessly to get this done, please. I, uh, so anyway, I'm, after the nap, not before, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, I really appreciate you guys like reaching out and we, we were excited to go out there and just see the place really just to meet Mr. Kitty. Okay. The, the, the mascot of the brewery, that was me. I'm a cat owner. I'm a cat lover. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, really had to meet that cat so cute uh, cat very cute cat thanks yeah you're you're definitely in league with a large percentage of the rest of our customers honestly like people wander in and they the first thing they ask is how is mr kitty doing And it's like all right you know the human here is doing okay (laughs) i really appreciate that whole thing you know you you know i actually had a hard day thanks for asking i don't know (laughs) (laughs) that yeah, that that's awesome. You don't see a lot of um, a lot of mascots in some breweries. They're, they're you know they're few and far between. So I was like, all right, had had to go see what it was about. I you know I'm not even gonna lie. I was like, whoa, that is Mr. Kitty. It was like you kind of like see something like online all this time. You see it in person. <laughs> you're like, whoa. And that I'm like, wow, that's okay. Like I kind of like so, I had to like take a step back there. I was like, Tyler, are you telling us that you were starstruck by a no. cat? No, I was gonna I'm say it was like it's kind of like the time that I met you know uh, Brad Pitt. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. I would yeah. equate it to that. Everyone is listening to. Is your like, cat also mm-hmm. divorced from Angelina Jolie? <laughs> How'd you know? <laughs> oh no! Breaking news. <laughs> That's great. And yeah, you have the, you have the beer named after Mr. Kitty too, right? It's like the stout. Yeah. The milk stout. Yep. Yep. That's, that's genius. I mean, that's, that's beautiful. Yeah. He, um, he, he's got a, he's got a propensity towards milk. So. Oh, there you go. <laughs> it's pretty great. I love that. I didn't even think of that. Honestly, I just thought like stout black cat, like just that's me and my dumb brain. So that helps too. Yeah. Yeah. Another dimension. You're uh, so but, clever, Tyler today. Oh my God. No, I'm not. I'm literally self-deprecating. Take, right now, take a cop. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, going into like brewing beer. So we were talking right before like we started recording. So all this started, you guys opened as a brewery like five, six years ago. You guys are one of like the original Connecticut breweries. So, you know, tell us the origin story. I know you started talking about it a little bit and then I'll kind of go into how you became a brewery just officially. Uh, yeah. So, um, we started 
Uh, well, Mike and I have known each other since high school. We've been friends since high school. Um, and um, right after we finished college, we we went to college in, in separate places. Mike went to uh, UConn nice. um, as well. And uh, I went to the University of Rhode Island. Um, and when we graduated, uh, we both moved back to the area that we grew up in, which is Northeast Connecticut, which is where our brewery is now. And um, we started homebrewing when Mike got a, uh, a Mr. Beer kit for for a Christmas present. And um, we kind of just got the bug from there. We were just brewing all the time. We started entering into homebrew competitions. And um, at, at some point we were making more beer than was like physically possible for us and our friends to drink. So we were just kind of like, well, let's, let's see if we can't make something out of this. And um, we, opened, we opened the brewery in uh, the summer of 2014. So um, it'll be seven years this summer since we opened. It makes sense. I mean, you, it sounds like you had a choice there. You either open up a brewery or get more friends to drink more beer. So you went with the brewery. Yeah, the latter is definitely not going to, that wasn't possible. Okay. Um, so you were kind of, you were stuck with opening a brewery. So it worked out Right. We were, we were, we were pushing it with the friends as it was. So. All right, good. <laughs> then, then who are you inviting at that point? You know? Exactly. Yeah. So, to trick a bunch of strangers, you know? Yeah. <laughs> just give away free beer on the side of the road with no labels or anything. And just, you got to put faith in people that will drink it and whatnot. But no, that's <laughs> on the side of the road, why they're driving Tyler? No, no like they're, they're out of the car. <laughs> oh, I guess they're giving it to people okay. that are driving. Okay. I didn't think this one through. Okay. I, luckily they didn't do we, that. This is why we don't do it, folks. Yeah. That's why we don't do it. That's why we do this. Okay. And you guys brew the beer. You guys are the experts. Um, we, I love that because we'll, we, Tyler and I have been, the people know this who are listening to this. We have been friends since elementary school. So we get like the long-term friendship thing and then like starting something together. And yeah. I, I, just, I think that's great because it comes from a genuine place of loving the craft, loving the business, loving what you're doing. And you kind of, tr- you sounds like you guys clearly have a trust for one another since it's been working out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Of course Man, we do. Severed, yeah. severed the relationship on this. This Justin. No, we obviously do. I mean, I think one of the, one of the really nice things about this whole thing, like I couldn't imagine being in business with anybody else, basically in the sense that we're always on the same page about like 99% of, um, you know, what we want to do, not only like on every aspect of the business from like the products that we want to serve to, you know, how do we go about making them and packaging them and selling them. So it's, it's been, it's been really good, honestly, because, you know, you hear a lot of horror stories about, you know, in the business world about people fighting all the time and especially you get a couple owners involved and it can be really contentious. So it's been, mm-hmm. you know, knock on wood anyway, you know, it's been, it's been a, a wild, but very positive rise. So. Especially with friends, you never know, you know, just like you go into business with a friend with good intentions and then next thing you're in court in front of Maury or he's not a judge. I don't know. I don't watch TV. <laughs> judge that would be a good show though. I would definitely, I would watch that. Congratulations, Corey. You're the father. Yeah, what? They, just, <laughs> what? they just give you a child instead of like sentencing you to anything. It's like great, like it's even worse. It's like the worst combination of like shows like that. Can uh, you imagine, <laughs> like, can you imagine being one of those kids, 
like the 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 kid of like a Maury's dad and like finding out like like t- you're like 10 years old and then you see your dad's reaction when he finds out he's your dad and you're just like oh ah. what the fuck oh, come on. <laughs> you're like come on dad i thought we loved me you know like I I, I'm, I'm, I'm picturing this in the moment the same situation he's 10 years old looking at it but he doesn't know it's his dad yet like he just doesn't like doesn't know he goes oh he is so not the dad oh no so, there was a meme there was a meme that was like basically giving credit to the camera people when they reveal that they are the father and there was this one clip this person ran like a half mile behind the scenes like into this corner of the studio and the cameraman followed him the entire way doing Good. a dead sprint Good. as he was just crumbling saying that he was the father and I was like you're right these camera people don't get enough credit like they don't. credit they to probably them don't get like, paid enough either no absolutely not yeah that's definitely not so um what were you getting with that jeff i don't even i don't know dude i'm just i'm happy to see two friends making it happen maybe maybe i can relate maybe we can relate tyler that's all i'm saying saying. oh you're saying we open so when you swim maybe one day you'll be as successful as we are (laughs) (laughs) we can only hope because it's not looking great i'm gonna be honest I'm kidding, Ty. It's you're doing a great job. No, you're right. Okay, I, I, it stinks. So Anyways, going back. So when you first started the brewery, when you're like crafting the idea of it, so you're like, we have the beer. We're ha- we're getting the flavors together. We, we're getting the idea together. What was the initial idea for the direction you wanted to go with with the brewery, as in relation to like that you thought would be different from other breweries? Was there like a theme? Was there um, yeah, you know, the overall, whatever, just how you pictured the business going from the start and has the, is that where you ended up or did it change? Um, yeah, I think- yeah, yeah. I mean, I think a lot of things have changed since we originally got started. I don't think we had like a, a huge grand plan, um, but we just kind of wanted to brew what we like to brew. So, you know, that's why like uh, Machu Picchu, the jalapeno saison was um, one of the lead off beers that we had. There it is. Look at that. Yep. Oh, it's coming up later. Stay tuned, folks. Stay tuned. Um, and yeah, the business has definitely evolved since then um, in, a, in a lot of ways. But and in a lot of ways, um, we're still brewing a lot of what we like to brew and um, and also brewing stuff that we know people, you know, our customers are going to enjoy as well. So we try to, I think, like just finding the balance of, um, you know, stuff that's going to sell and stuff that's going to um, hit a certain niche market that um, that we've definitely got a big following for. So, yeah, I definitely say, too, that we, you know, number one, you know, we're both from the area and, we're, you know, aside from Willimantic Brewing Company, we're the only brewery in this region for a long time. Yeah. Um, so we wanted to have something because there are craft beer people up here too in this part of Connecticut. So we wanted to, so there was a certain element of like local identity, but also the other thing too is you know you can tell from Machu Picchu even is a, is a great kind of case study for a number of different reasons. Like we both have uh, backgrounds in history and big history nerds. So you know we wanted to and we brew all kinds of weird stuff basically, and that, and that's one of the nice things about us being kind of smaller and very experimental. We're not afraid to do like everything. We, one of the things we've been saying for a long time is if you can find a style that we haven't brewed, we'll put it on the, or try to put it on the docket if we can. So we've done all kinds of, if you look back at our untapped list, like there's some weird stuff. That's a, that's a weird little <laughs> rabbit hole that you can find yourself going down. So yeah, especially, especially when we first started. Um, I mean, we're still really small. 
but like when we first started, we were basically so like half of our new recipes were basically just homebrew. It's like 10, 15 gallon batches. Oh, wow. And um, so the first couple of years, um, our untapped list was just this smorgasbord of just crazy, like whatever, you know, we put eight new beers a month, something like that. And then it's kind of like a throw, throw stuff at the wall and see what sticks kind of a thing. And um, eventually we just kind of like honed it into a few different styles and, um, and stuff like that. So uh, definitely when we first started, it was like, it was balls to the wall crazy. And um, now we'll still throw in the experimental stuff too, for sure. But um, yeah, it's not like the, uh, like every week is a new beer thing anymore, but. Sure. <laughs> but it definitely sounds like you still have the, um, the, the, the craziness that you get from, like you described from homebrews, you get homebrews are the ones who kind of dish out all these, like it's the homebrews that I see dish out the cereal beers. You know, the ones that just like you're drinking cocoa puffs or whatever the hell. Or your four fifty north. Yeah, those yeah, you know, or them. And <laughs> and usually like a lot of the breweries when they they have they have this that they kind of move on from that. But I but those those hit like those are the those are the um the tables at the events that people crowd around. Like clearly people are interested and love it. Not saying you guys are doing cereal beers. I actually don't know. Not but yet. not yet. Not not yet, but don't rule it out. <laughs> no rule it out. But the fact that you're willing to be as experimental as you were when you first started, as you moved into like being a brewery is, is I love that. I think that's great. And holding on to that. And with that point too, I, I think it's a good, I, I like how you're still trying to experiment and you're still trying to keep that tradition of what you, where you were basically seven years ago today with there being 120 breweries now, like, are you seeing that you're trying to go towards like the trends of hazy IPAs in some years or Pilsners in other years? Like, are you trying to stick to that trend to essentially keep up with the the current times of all these breweries from today compared to where you were like seven years ago? A big time. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think it's gotten even crazier now. I mean, one of the weird things about us is because we have been around for a while, um, we've seen the market change a lot. Yeah. Um, like I, it wasn't that long ago that like cans were viewed as being a terrible thing, believe it or not. Like we, really? you know, we're, we're like an old enough brewery at this point where like, I, you know, you would be like, oh, you only put you know, uh, uh, crappy beers in cans, you, everything else has to be bottles. Like there's a big like bottle thing. And then obviously that's completely turned on its head. Yeah. Um, you know, things like that, but especially with styles. Um, yeah. The new England style IPA is the, is the number one, uh, you know, when we first got started, there was no such thing, obviously. Um, so that kind of has definitely taken the whole industry by storm. Um, and it's, and it was an interesting progression too, because we started to see them kind of pop up here and there. And then there was this like kind of collective thing within the industry of like figuring out how to do it. Cause it is a very different technique and process mm -hmm. than like a West coast IPA or anything else like that. Um, yeah, sours, pilsers, it's, it's, and it changes all the time. I think that's one of the hardest things. I think what we've done a really good job at is being flexible and, you know, adapting because ultimately we're, we're a passive entity, right? People have to, you know, wake up in the morning or, you know, over the course of their day, decide at some point, Hey, I want to go to black pond and grab a beer or I want to grab a, you know, something there. 
So, and it's up to them to come up with that decision. And we have to offer things, we have to offer products that will entice them to do that. So we're completely beholden, if you really think about it, to the consumer, you know, and what they want. So, you know, even if we only liked, let's say the only beer we ever liked was red ales or something like that, you know, we wouldn't be able to have just eight red ales on tap, you know, it would have to be, you know, you have to, you know, um, uh, give the customers what they want, basically, it's a business, you know. Yeah, and it's always curious, and that's why I'm really glad we were able to talk to you, just because you guys, like a lot of beer people, a lot of owners in the state start out, and just in the country, start out by making their own beer, you make what you like, and then it gets good enough where you can actually open a brick and mortar location. Um, but you, you know, you, you brought up a good point, Mike, is that you have to kind of listen to the consumer. And as silly as that is, you know, you, you have to kind of hit that realization early on, because like you said, like you wouldn't be around for seven years and that doesn't sound like a long time, but in Connecticut, it's pretty long. So, you know, I would take credit to you guys for continuing to do whatever you do to gain, to get that success. And it's putting out pretty good beer to say the least. So I I wanted to talk about real quick, because we got a gracious tour from Spencer. Yes. Shout out to Spencer. Nice one. Gave us a great tour of your brewery um, and your setup there, because we are big fans of this setup. I think it's very, it's very unconventional from what we have normally seen. Somebody's a fan of it. I yeah, am. I think, it is. I think it's very DIY and it's at, in its attitude. And, and I think, yep. um, for people who don't know, I mean, I'm not going to explain this well, Tyler, or do you guys want to explain a little bit what the setup kind of is? Cause I'm not going to, I'm not going to do it justice, but I just thought it was really great. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to so, crack, I'm going to crack this beer where you guys are talking about how the setup is. So what beer is that Ty? Machu Picchu. Same. I'll do the same. Okay. Do it. The dual, the dual, um, live reaction. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, we have a um, uh, a Frankenbrew system, which is basically just like a bunch of stuff that wasn't necessarily made for brewing put together to to brew beer. Um, and it's like a little Frankenbrew. It's a three barrel, a three barrel setup um, in its own right, I guess. And um, yeah, like you said, it was very DIY. Um, we basically um, a lot of the stuff was put together by ourselves um, or um, with with some friends helps and, and stuff like that. So um, yeah, I mean, we've been running off of the same brew house that cost us maybe, you know, a thousand dollars seven years ago. <laughs> and uh, oh <laughs> like every, every, uh, every beer that we make comes through that little simple um, repurposed, uh, repurposed system. So um, it's definitely, it's definitely something. <laughs> <laughs> Are that you getting different awesome. responses to this thing? Because I, I thought it, I just love the, the, just the, the, because that just doesn't feel like you bought a bunch of stuff and then put it together using like IKEA based instructions. It just definitely looks like you guys crafted it together, you engineered it together, and you made things work. And it, I love <laughs> it's that. It's a very, it's a very generous description of, of, what, <laughs> <laughs> of what is in the back. We are, I, I will say, I, I am proud of it because it has done us very, very well. But it sure. is also one of those things that, um. You know we're excited we, we we have a new location and we're putting in a much mm-hmm. larger brewing system and and i'm excited to have nice uh shiny tanks you won't lose me as a fan because you guys sold out it's no. fine it's, it's, it's well, don't worry we're lose gonna me. keep we're gonna keep the original brew house for our pilot system so oh, nice. the original the original black palm brewery will survive um will survive our move 
so it was on that, cool yeah. that's awesome okay so by the way i took a few sips of this this is great and i'm not i don't have I'm, a glass so please forgive me yeah well shame him please okay <laughs> it's he doesn't get it okay he's not a hey, I'm, drink, I'm drinking from the can too oh all right mind. cool oh, good. that's right um excuse anyway. me real quick how'd you do this because that's insane go yeah. ahead explain yourself <laughs> yeah uh, so, um, well, this, the story is, uh, it's probably like a year after Mike and I started homebrewing. Um, we had gone to a Red Sox game and after the game, we went to Boston beer works and they had this, like, it was like a habanero black IPA. And, uh, it's like, we're in love with the concept of like a pepper beer, but it was like face melting spicy Ooh, like nice. i took two sips and i got the hiccups and like yep. you know i couldn't even finish it but like the idea just kind of like stuck you know it's like well how could we make a pepper beer that tastes like pepper and has a little bit of heat and everything like that but doesn't kick you in the teeth in that in that in the way that that beer did right um, and that's pretty much where machu picchu was born from and um it took a lot of a lot of tweaking to make that beer the, the way that it is now. Um, the first couple batches were like crazy spicy, and we we loved those. They weren't they were pretty damn good, but um, we knew that we had to um, I guess tame it a little bit so it could be a beer that anybody could come in and at the very least appreciate, you know, if not really really enjoy. How do you yeah. tame it? What is the process of balancing that heat out? So if you're if you're too high, how do you bring it back down? So I think I think the major thing is just using um, using actual um, whole jalapenos in each batch, um, rather than any sort of flavoring or tincture or extract or anything like that. Yeah. Um, you know, so part of part of that leaves us with um, variability batch to batch because if you've ever had jalapenos, you'll know some of them just taste like a sweet green pepper mm -hmm. and then other times you bite into it and it'll 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 kill you so um it's really just about like getting the jalapenos tasting them and deciding how many you know how, how much to put into each batch and how to balance it out each time that that uh trial and error time just sounds like a lot of heartburn so i want to say that your your hard work and toll on your body um was worth it because yeah th this this is, worked out man this is wild okay like jeff and i always love going for these sort of out of the box kind of beers like like there's not a hundred breweries in Connecticut. if, if, if you if on. you don't like ipas we're not going to convince you of of another one you know what i mean like that kind of thing so when we go to a brewery we're picking out what are we going to review or what are we going to try for the podcast we want to give something where if you look at the board and you see it and you go would i like it that's the one we're going to review. Yeah. Citra. And that would be this one. And I would say, yes. Citra hop beers start to taste very similar. You know, cop control C, control V. Like you do that over and over and over again. And that's important. Like it's, especially as we were doing this, it's important, like learning how that, what makes one good, what makes one not good. But it's also like, okay, give me that. Like, give me all the fruit you can put it in a beer, like, give me like that. Like it's just trying to like broaden our spectrum of, of what we have as far as beer knowledge goes. And Hold on, Ty, I would like to kiss their, I would like to kiss their ass more. So 
<laughs> so, Please proceed. Yeah, go on, do a better job than I can. So, so we we reviewed a beer a while back from. Um, well, we'll leave we'll leave it out of there. Yeah, we'll look at that. We'll, we'll leave it out. Go yeah, back. We'll you'll know the one because I'm about to make a comparison. Because I love the balance. You've achieved balance here. That's what I'm I'm living for. Because we tried a beer that was um that was supposed to have the heat had the what what was the what was the added heat to it, Ty? Was it it was a hot sauce. No, it was a uh, yeah, it was, was a habanero. Never mind. No, it no, wasn't hot sauce. Yeah. But you know what it tasted like to me? No, I I even said this on our previous podcast. It tasted like when you go to get like uh pho or ramen and you like go nuts with the sriracha and then all of that sinks to the bottom. So when you're almost done, you have like all of that on the bottom. You guys all know if you've had it, you guys yes. all know what yep. I'm talking about. Okay. Yep. So that's what it tasted like. And it was like, I was drinking huh. that and I was like, it's tastes good, but it's too much. It was yeah. too much for me. I'm not getting that at all. I do get the bite. I get the, the jalapeno taste like you would get jalapeno, but it, it doesn't stay. It just, and then it vanishes after I'm, I'm done with it. Thanks. And then if I want more, I'll come back for more. And I do look yeah. at that. So bravo. That's my review. Yeah. I'm, you know what? I see why this is your like highest reviewed, be, most reviewed beer on Untap. Most, most popular. There we go. Can't find the words. Yeah. It, no, it's, it's great. It's funny going back to, going back to what you said about, um, you know, when, when you're going to a new brewery, trying to find, trying to find that beer that sticks out, that isn't just an IPA, you know, like um, that's one of the reasons that um, in the four times when we used to do beer festivals, uh, Machu Picchu was a beer that we brought to every single one of them. Oh, I'm sure yeah. you did. You know, like you, you go to a beer festival and there's 3000 IPAs and there's one jalapeno Saison, like which, which one's going to be the one that you remember, you know? Mm-hmm. So definitely. Um, that was always a big one for us for for festivals. Uh, someday, someday we might do festivals again. Who knows? Uh, I hope so. Yeah. Just want to give a quick shout out to the <laughs> can label here. We also review can labels. It's one of our big things. We kind of are all about like just like music. If the album artwork's not good, then you're probably not going to listen to it. Anyway, so I want to give a shout out to your your can artist. Now, can you tell me? Do you who did this? Who's responsible for this can art? <laughs> Uh, yeah, so our friend uh, Wayland Wayland Leonard, he's um, he's from the same town as we are. Um, he's been doing our labels pretty much since the beginning. He's done almost all of them. Um, the major exception being uh, we did a label contest um, this past spring for a beer called uh, Killingly Softly, oh, um, yeah. and we had nice. our, uh, the winner of that label contest was uh, George Sweetland. Yeah, there, there it is, and. Um, that's obviously like a really rad label right that there. That is so it's pretty um, cool. Yeah. So, um, but with the exception of that, um, uh, Waylon's done pretty much all of our all of our labels. He does great work. So, shout out to Waylon. Yeah. yeah. Jeff's a big uh, big Fuji's guy. So that it, oh, it I have me. that I have that record, the score on vinyl. Please don't even. <laughs> That's Just awesome. for that one song. Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> yes, and also because the disc is half black, half gold. Oh yeah, that's it's awesome. So, it's yeah. so beautiful. I'm, I'm, I'm I subscribe. I, I saw it and I had in order to get it somehow, I subscribed to a vinyl service that you paid for like the year and it sent you a vinyl a month. And I got a bunch of records. I don't want like my morning jacket. <laughs> Sorry, not my thing. And now I just have stuff, a band called Wells Fargo unrelated to the bank. What? I don't even know who they are. I just got all these records just so I can have the foodies <laughs> on vinyl. It was quite a journey. It was quite the year. It was a huge mistake. I regret everything. 
Ty, you have another question? <laughs> Except for that one song off of that one oh, that one album. Yeah. It sounds it worth sounds it. like it was all worth it to me. It's so it, worth it. it. Now it's a point of conversation for this. Yeah. Uh, exactly. One time. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly it. Um jeez. So for um jeez. For the for the pilot like system that you're gonna be doing. So for those who don't know, I know you kind of alluded to it, but you are opening up a second location. And for those who are listening, you can go to their website, you can support them uh, and, and help with that second location. So I want to make sure I shout that out too. And we can shout that out at the end of all this too. Um, so when you mean like a pilot system, I'm always curious about that. Is there like a type of beer that you have in mind or is it really just like, okay, we want to do a Lambic, like that's going to be a pilot thing. Is that really what the whole pilot system is about? Well, it's about, um, it's about experimentation, right? So it's, you know, one of the things when you have a really large brewing system, uh, we're going to have, it's a 15 barrel brew house and we have 10 barrel fermenters. So it's a lot of beer. It's wow. basically, you know, 300 gallons a whack, you know, and when you're doing a, a volume of that amount, it's one of those scenarios where, you know, you have to have a plan for it. You can't just kind of walk in because you're talking instead of like a couple hundred dollars worth of ingredients, you're talking about a couple thousand dollars of ingredients. Right. Um, so you don't, you know, if it doesn't turn out exactly how you want it to turn out, it's it's going to be a hard thing to sell, basically. So the nice thing about pilot systems is if you have a really weird, crazy idea like you happen to have from time to time, um, you know, you can play it out and see how it, you know, how people react to it. So you, you get a chance to like do a, you know, first run of it, see, you know, see what the untapped reviews look like, see how it sells, that kind of stuff. And then if it sells well enough, then we can upgrade it to the big system and start putting it into larger production. So. Oh, that's awesome. But in beta, I get it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. And then there, there would be some other beers that would, um, that would basically only ever be brewed on the pilot system. Yeah. You know, they would be um, like the more experimental, the more kind of off the wall beers that, you know, you're only going to sell in your tap room um that's like the perfect candidate for for a pilot pilot system beer so for example like maybe like a smoked lager or um like a barrel aged a barrel aged lambic or something like that you know something that something that you know isn't going to be like you know flying off the shelves going in heavy into distribution you know like the way that your ipas and your fruited sours and your sweet stouts are um just like any any kind of like off the wall or off the beaten path kind of beer that you want to test out or or just just brew because you want to brew it and you you know you know it'll sell eventually but not in huge quantities like that's that's perfect for a pilot system yeah. and that keeps your regulars engaged um with with any new um ideas or styles that you're that you're interested in trying so but that's a perfect balance because then you would you can achieve you can still do the weird stuff that's exciting and kind of fulfills you guys creatively but you could also do the what you can call like the safer stuff that sells better that are more accessible to people and you can kind of expand your business that way so you yep. do the keep your feet in both places on the other side of the line that's great yeah yeah and, and that's awesome and like you never know with these pilot things like the, i feel like the weirdest trends kind of happen where a pilot that they never expect they'll do one you know put it on a barrel system and it ends up being like their top seller um and just as we've been doing this more and more i feel like that is like so, like sometimes that happens and it's i think that's awesome that just to have that opportunity and 
again, credit to you guys for the success to be able to do both, like to have a bigger tap room, a bigger location, and still have like a place for piloting uh, new beers. So that's um, kind of awesome. Like to- totally random, but kind of on that note, um, is there like a trend either locally or nationally that you guys like aren't necessarily like a huge fan of, and you might be like brewing a beer just to go through the motions maybe like, no, I, I don't mean to sound like <laughs> such a negative question, but which one do you hate the most? Like here, I'll, I'll give this a little bit, I'll give this a little bit which more child, like depth. Which this. child of yours do you, do you dislike the most? Right. Which like, one's <laughs> ending up on Maury? I'll, I'll, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which hey, one mine. is the father? We should the, just yeah. call it. We should call that the uh, the Mori the Mori series. Any oh. any beer that any beer that I don't want to brew is in the Mori series. That's right. Honestly, yeah. That it'll just be it'll just be a, a photo on the can of Corey like crying on like <laughs> on like a curb somewhere, you know, like instead of the Mori show, it would be like the Corey show, and it would just be a sign that says like you oh, are yeah. the beer. Yeah. Take it, guys. If you want it, you can have it. Yeah, that's a free one. We always have. We almost always Thank have you. a free one with our interviews. So there you go. But what, okay, I'll give. I'll give more like depth to that without sounding so negative. So uh, there was this one brewery I think in Texas is that they're creating a beer, like a, a hot wing beer, and then a couple weeks later it came out with a ranch beer. Like is are like when you see these trends? Yeah, Jeff shaking his head. What are we doing? That's thank you. That is my <laughs> that is my sentiment when I ask that question. Like, is there a trend that you see and you're like, what is happening here? Like, since we've started, like, wh- like where have we gone and and just derivative completely off from? Yeah, I mean, I can't really, I can't really say like off the top of my head like one specific beer, but there are definitely some things that I've seen on the on the internet that kind of make you scratch your head a little bit like whoa, <laughs> mustard that? beer yeah it was the like, frenchies mustard beer oh yeah i, I saw, saw that i saw one <laughs> that tap. like came out of the can that was it was like basically it was basically solid it was like oh. cranberry sauce yes you know and jelly and like, beer. you know like okay no thank you <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh you know it's it's hard you have to find that balance between being like the curmudgeon like i like beer flavored beer and like you know, <laughs> yeah that's kind of like where like at least personally i'm at right now is like you know like give me a nice crisp pilsner like that's that's what i'm into but um but like also recognizing that um the market does trend in certain directions and you know um you have to keep you have to keep your customer base engaged and um, interested in trying new things too so um there are a lot of like styles that we make that I'm not like the most excited about, but at the end of the day, like the the challenge is making a beer that you don't think you're gonna like and ending up liking it. Um, mm-hmm. I think that happens a lot for us. So um, you know, I think that's that's a positive thing. Well, and good news for you, pilsners are on the up. Yeah, that's about true. Pilsner. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, I and I feel like it's definitely like on the other side of that coin you are seeing this huge kickback of just people wanting to go back to square one. Like we're seeing a lot of single hop IPAs return. Like we're seeing a lot of like people just were kind of level set to be like, okay, these trends are going to go away. Hopefully like the hot wing beer, but like, let's try to make it like back to basics and master and hone in on that craft. And I think from that, you're actually seeing better beers and especially locally in Connecticut, I think you're seeing a lot better just beer come out of all these breweries like yourself included 
by doing this kind of beer. We had um, Foam Economics uh, oh, I had yes. last week. Like that is a Pilsner. And I was like, wow, this is really good. I enjoyed that greatly. Like this is through and through. I like, you know, it was at the end of the night. I'd, I had like three like double IPAs. So I was like, I need something that is like clean. That is a Pilsner that is like refreshing. I like opened it up. And I was like, yes. I was like, just give me that. I was like, I should have saved that for the interview. But like, you're, you're sort of like half like in the zone. I was like, just, I need that Pilsner right now. And it was great. After three double IPAs, anything would have tasted. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Just to counteract it. I did too much, you know, (laughs) I didn't, I did not have three double IPAs and I enjoyed it. But so so on that, what, what is, I might be stupid. I am. It's fine. What is foam economics? I don't, what's like, what is that? Where'd the name come from? Oh, the name. It's just like, um, it's just a play on words. Remember like uh, the like class home economics. Oh yeah. Yeah. And beer and beer is, beer's got foam. Oh, okay. So I love the rainbow. Like, yeah, it's not, it's nothing too clever. There was a funny story. Actually. Um, We submitted that to um, the TTB for, uh, for label approval. And um, usually our labels go through without much of a hitch. Um, but that one did get bounced back from the system and they asked for an explanation on the name. And I basically said that I was like, well, it's a play on words like home economics, but it's foam because beer has foam on it. So the end. Nothing like explaining your jokes to get the sense of comedy. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. So then they, they approved it like, you know, within 12 hours after that. So, yeah. Yeah, of all the other styles of labels that are basically targeted to kids, right. like yeah, foam economics. We're gonna cut. We're gonna we draw the line there. We've had some bizarre ones make it through that. You know, you just go, okay, sure. I'm glad you approved it, but I don't know why you did. Do you have? Can you can you say an example of one that went through? <laughs> yeah, which one went through? You didn't think it was gonna do it. Um. Mike Mike is also currently looking at his wall of bottles and cans. Yes. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I guess like, um, so, uh, we, you know, you guys are drinking Machu Picchu. Um, we did have some trouble with uh, a beer called Supe, which is um, a kind of like the bigger, meaner brother of Machu Picchu. It's a Belgian chili style with like five different hot peppers. And like, that's the one that'll me- melt your face off. And that's what nice. it's made for. Um, <laughs> that one took like almost three months to get approved, but but there wasn't really any kickback to it. It was just like they were doing. They were just like really slow at the time. So, oh, okay. Yeah, it, <laughs> this it took just, a while. It took like eighty days or something like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'd say I'd say we're pretty safe across the board. I think the only yeah. the only times we've had issues have just been like really silly logistical things. Like I remember we had this beer called Widowmaker, which we have in bottles available right now. Um, it's an imperial stout and it changes a little bit every year to year, but it's usually, you know, north of 10%. Uh, it's brewed with coffee. And I remember um, when we were originally getting the label approved, we had all kinds of issues about the coffee part where it had to be, you know, they had, we had to write coffee ale on the side of it, but they didn't like the size of it. And we had to reposition it a bunch of times. And it was just like all back and forth for no reason. It's, it's, it's fun things like that that people don't know about on the backside of the industry. Yeah. What, you know? wait, wait a minute. They're it's telling like, you how to do your label. The, yeah. Oh yeah. No, they, they'll, they'll send back revisions on things that they want. It has to be phrased a certain way or, you know, so, and, and it can take, you know, it can take a couple of days for them to approve it, or it can take, you know, like Corey was saying a couple of months, sometimes it goes back and forth and, um, yeah, you yeah, basically we had, with federal agents over this kind of stuff. It's crazy. One of the, the, one of the oh, yeah. 
one of the silly things that we had was um so we have we have a few beers that we put out in bottles and they um they're like once a year top releases. So we put, you know, the, the vintage date on the bottle. So it'd be oh, yeah. like vintage 2017, vintage 2018 or whatever. And we had done this like a dozen times probably. And then we submitted one for approval that, you know, had the vintage date on it. And they sent it back saying, we're not allowed to do that based on like some, like, you know, they had like some reference that they made to whatever, um, whatever bylaw or whatever it is you know of course and, um I just, a blue like, law. yeah and i just like re-uploaded the same label and then i linked to like the other like eight labels that they had approved with a vintage on it and it said this wasn't a problem before i'm not sure why why we're having trouble now and they approved it the next day you know it's just like <laughs> they got them yeah. yeah, it's just like, oh, yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess I fucked up. We're probably just going to get, like, the hammer from the government after this interview. <laughs> this, is, this is the ultimate form of brewery anarchy, and I'm yeah. for it. Yeah. Really yeah, sticking they, they, it to the man. They've got a, they've got a seven year case going that they, that we've been building. <laughs> what's what's the name is of the it, agency again? Like it was the the TTB the the, 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 the trade bureau. Would you, would they be against you like saying down with the TTB like right right on the <laughs> yeah. can? Like would they would they let that through? Well, I don't know. Maybe you should open your own brewery and find out. <laughs> oh, us, dude, Corey, we have talked t- about a beer and we have ideas for one, and we might have to start with a second yeah. one. Yeah, honestly, yeah. I mean, if you've listened before, the pizza beer is the thing in my brain that is the one that's taking I heard you talking about that on a previous episode with the guy from Skygazer, was it? Yeah, yes. I think it was Skygazer, yep. yeah. Yep. So, um, which which made me laugh because uh, years ago, um, I, got a, I got a birthday or Christmas present or something that was like a beer of the month thing. Yeah. And one of the beers in it was a pizza beer. And um yeah, you're you're nodding like you're all excited, you know, but it was terrible. It was yeah. gross. <laughs> okay, I know which that's I know important what though. We gotta know where about. it doesn't work, Tyler. That's I, I need to I know exactly it's the it's the label with the, the husband and wife and they're having the chef's hats on, right? Yeah, yeah. It looks yeah. like a traditional like pizza box, you know, yeah. So I thought about that because I had to do my research here because um <laughs> some some of our friends in the industry like reached out and were like, Okay, like I've tried this, tried that because that's made with all the elements of a pizza. And I was like, no, that sounds disgusting. My whole thing is like, why don't we just throw like- Put an actual pizza in. That's it, like take it, like throw like 300 pizzas in and just have the fats and the lipids come <laughs> together and just see what happens. Okay, well, like that, like just see what happens. Here's here's a curveball for you. This is one we were talking about doing um, as a collaboration <laughs> with uh, Alvarium out of uh, New Britain. You know, oh, yeah. You know those guys? We love Alvarium. Big fans. Yeah, good, good friends of ours. Um, we were sort of joking, and then it kind of turned into a serious conversation about how to make a New England clam chowder beer. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> so That's the equivalent of the Texas wings, but right, I'm into right. it because and of like, the homie. We developed like the, the concept for a recipe and all that. And like, you know, it actually sounded, it ended up sounding like it could actually be a pretty decent beer. But then we were joking about how funny it would be to like make a video of like basically just like ladling like chunky soup into a beer can <laughs> and then running it through the can seamer, you know, like as a promotional video. 
We got to show up in our polo shirts and our boat shoes and we'll enjoy a good if you, clam chowder if, beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You if you ever got serious, like I would make that trek again to <laughs> to visit Black Pond just to try that. We'd beer. be there. Our op- Tyler, we would be there opening day. Yes. opening the doors for you like yes. this is where we'd be at it's like full circle when you're asking about when you see things online or like like the crazy shit other breweries are doing that yes. makes you scratch your head this is 100 percent that yeah. <laughs> there's there's part of me that's like okay enough jelly beer but there's also a part of me that's like give it to me like yeah <laughs> well i want to tr- yeah i want to try it i, w- I do want to yeah. like try it that doesn't mean i'm gonna like buy the 30 pack you know what i'm saying like it's not oh, a bad like, but it's listen. Like a car wreck. It's like a car wreck, right? You know, like you're driving <laughs> by and you're like, like, you know, like, you're really car, looking, man. you know, you're like, maybe yeah. I'll see something, you know, but if you actually saw something, you'd be like horrified. Uh, uh, like, yeah. I, hope, I hope I see a dead body, but oh, wait, no, I yeah, don't. Exactly. Uh, oh. It's the same. It's the same principle. You know? the, so it, it's funny. That's not the first time I've heard of seafood going into beer so evil twin did a surf and turf beer i I just gotta you know rack my brain throw it back here surf and turf beer here we go so they did a the the turf with the steak they did a uh, evil twin did a stout with beef jerky this is at 12 percent. it was like six months ago i think or maybe a year ago and they had a lemon goza with lobster in it and like it was it was mostly just washed out it's more so for the show and it's like oh yeah it just kind of tastes like a sour beer like that's really it and i was like people are like this is disgusting and i was like listen this is not a trend that's going to stay forever but i want to try that beer it's sort of like that shiny like object in the corner i was like give it to me there's no rules anymore guys how's it feel to operate in the wild west thoughts (laughs) like there's no rules thoughts in the wild west i I remember i I heard you guys talking about um uh oyster stout and um Oyster Stout is actually has a pretty long history, um, so it's uh, and and remember the the first one the first one that um, that we had was the um, the pearl necklace by Flying Dog. Oh, and that's Delaware. quite the name. Yeah, yes. right. right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The TTB must have had a lot of fun with that one. I, yeah, <laughs> really. Like they let that go. You honestly, if you ever get declined by the TTB, just tag that like you guys like this yeah. church so don't don't give a shit yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> true that <laughs> so even if so a question on that so even if it's like not for distribution i like just brewery only like release of this label like it still has to go through ttb um so yeah if it, who's if this you, friend i'm sorry Corey. oh yeah that's my dog that's this is bo hey bo <laughs> Shout out. Surprise guest from Bo. Bo, your nice. thoughts on the TTB? Yeah, they uh, suck. <laughs> Let's go yeah. into it. No, you guys. Don't have I'm gonna bleep that. No, we love the TTB. So. I don't. After <laughs> the in the intro, I'm or in another episode, so it's not linked to you guys. You are as involved in it. I'm gonna go in because I just read on their website what they do. <laughs> go away. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm bleep. I'm gonna cut that out. No, we are pro TTB. We are for the sake of. You guys can say whatever you want. We're pro TTB. If you're anti, like I, you know, I'm. That's my own prerogative. I'll stand on my own. This is the hill I die on, baby. (laughs) We're we're putting ourselves out there as as highly pro TTB. That's our good. Yep. Good. Good. Black on pro TTB. Okay. Good. We had to put that out there. Good. Um. But so is do the do you do you have to like submit that for a brewery only release? 
or something like no, that? No, no. So if it's like just on tap, something that you're just going to do on draft and in growlers or something ah. like that, then you don't have to go through that process. Gotcha. Um, yeah. Anything that you want to package with a label that's like ready to pick up um, when your customer gets there or you want to distribute has to go through um, the, the labeling process. Although it does vary by state. Um, the TTB doesn't have any um, like rulings on um, if you're selling within your own state. Like mm -hmm. it's only for like you only have to do a TTB label for interstate um, stuff. But but certain states do have requirements to get a TTB, and that's just like their own requirement. And and Connecticut's one of those. Gotcha. Wow. Department of Treasury coming in hot. <laughs> Sorry, I was just reading about them. Uh, well, that'll be for another episode. Hang in there, folks. I'm building up. <laughs> oh, God. This is going to be the... If we ever make a beer, it's going to get shot down. It's going to be like... Hard, this Ty. Is a, I'm sabotaging the whole The name is going to be, thing. this is a beer. Please approve us. And it's gonna be like, <laughs> denied. It's going to be like just a Pilsner, just like from like the Ryan Hoshkabat approved. The name's going to just be beer. They're going to see our name stature, and there's going to be like... Oop, denied. It's denied. Like the wrong, wrong Pantone of white. Do whatever. I gotta, label. I gotta stay on. I gotta stand my ground. Great. They can't. Thanks. They can't push me around. Thanks. Thanks for that, Jeff. There we go. There it crashes <laughs> our brewery dream. So that's that's great. Which um, again, just for the record, that's just me. Everyone else here is for pro, the TT Pro TTB. Yeah. Yeah. True. The, the the our guests are Pro TTB. Right. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask a really hard question. Um, I'm gonna ask the hard hitting one now. That you guys are all warmed up. Um, oh, Jesus. Okay, I'm being, I'm, I'm just kidding. No, I'm, I'm totally kidding. Uh, what, what's your favorite beer that you guys make? That's it. I'm just very curious. Easy, Ty. We don't want to scare them away. God, so much pressure. I had, I had, to, I had to really <laughs> ask. Yeah, I don't know. It, the, the answer I always give is like whatever's new on tap. And it's kind of a lazy answer, I know. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 that's mostly for you know. Yeah, if I, you know, if we're working in the tap room or something like that, you know, it makes it just an easy, easy way to get out of that conversation. But the, but I don't know, it depends. Like I'm, I'm like both Corey and I are big, like lager guys, um, love light lagers, pilsners, hell's Same. lagers, that kind of stuff. Um, big fan of brown ales. We have a, um, Israel Putnam is our brown ale. Love it. Um, whenever it's on tap. Uh, I'm also drinking Mr. Kitty right now. That's also one of my favorites. I drink that beer all year round. Nice. So you know, a this? handful of different ones. I'll, I'll rephrase that question. Okay, let's say I'm the worst patron that you can ask for where I sit down and you go, oh, what can I get you? And you and I say, surprise me. What what do you pour? I don't know if you've ever run into that. And I feel like you guys would oh, like yeah. that would be the worst. I'm giving you, I'm giving you half Machu Picchu, half clam chowder stout. No. Get them. <laughs> get them. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and you and you tell them you, you tell them that it's not what it is right and you just right, like, right, enjoy right. This is yeah. that'll, <laughs> that'll be 75 dollars yeah. yeah surprise <laughs> we're I special that. yeah that's it yeah. that's that's the secret menu is if you go into black pond and you say surprise me it's gonna go half machu picchu half honestly i would try that 
Okay, like I said, I, I'm down. Dude, for we would try battle. anything twice. A friend yeah. said that, and we don't know where the line is. Yeah, we don't. Well, <laughs> we, well, we have yet here, to find where the here. line is for try anything. We twice. still have we still have a half a can of clam chowder from the last person that asked that question. So <laughs> next time you come in, that that same can might still be there. Throw so it can, in. We can finish it off yep. in your in your class. <laughs> okay, so I want to I want to make sure I live uh, after I drink the beer and just not die of like some crazy sea food uh illness so i will not do that i guess i'm gonna i'm gonna dovetail off that because i'm just genuinely curious like as as bar keeps as owners like do you do you hate my, not to sound negative but do you hate what no just let me i'm i'm joking myself customers no yes, <laughs> yeah, we do no I'm, I'm talking about i'm talking about the extreme like who's the, your least favorite customer what's your name okay, and address right. no <laughs> So do you when when you're like when you're serving someone, do you prefer? I'll keep this. I'll, I'll spin this. Do you prefer to serve someone that is brand new to beer and is like, I I want I want to be surprised. I've never had beer before. Let's say, or do you want to try and impress the snob who is like, I know everything. I'm an internet cicerone, as they call it. Like, give me your. Are you trying to inspire or are you trying to shut down? I guess that's what it is, right? Yeah, that's way I definitely ins- inspire. I mean, I think it's I think it's nice. Good answer. It, it depends on where we are a lot big about education in general. I mean, that that's actually one of the things that you know we were talking about earlier, and I was thinking about it. Like, we've come a long way, even in the years that we've been open. Like, I remember when we first opened up, people would be like, "What's an IPA?" Honest to God, mm-hmm. you get out. Everybody knows what I what an IPA is, <laughs> but. Um, but no, it is nice. And we, we, we see the whole gamut. We see people that have, you know, never like had any craft beer or really any beer. And then people that are, you know, super, super, uh, you know, deep into it. And, you know, we, we try and our, our whole goal is to make high quality enough beers to do all that, you know, that whatever anybody, you know, whenever they come in the tap room, they can enjoy across the board. But um, I don't know. Like it is nice sometimes, like on both ones, where, where you have like somebody that has no clue, and you introduce them into the whole world, and they're like, "Holy crap! I didn't know beer could taste like this!" And like you're just sending on this this whole cool journey now, you know, like that all of us had at some point. Yeah. You know, somebody was did mm-hmm. that to us, and then you know if you have that super snob sometimes, um, you know, it's <laughs> nice to have like you know they're like, "Wow, this is you know like a, the the highest compliment you can get from that is like, "Wow, this is actually good." You know, it's like, thanks. You know, it's kind of backhanded, but I'll take hey, it. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm in here wanting to hate this, and I don't hate it. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I get. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I totally get that, and, and I, I only ask that like just because, you know, we we review a lot of the beer without guests on the show, and we view a lot of people in the industry, and even people who work at breweries, but not a lot of people who physically have their hands in brewing the beer. Um, you know, I, I think Skygazer is like in that company, like of, of previous people that we've interviewed, and, and now you guys in that mix as well. It it just comes from a place of just general curiosity, just because our knowledge of beer started two years ago. Uh, it was like 2019 we started this podcast, or 2018 we started this. My podcast. knowledge of beer started about <sighs> 10 years ago. What a and someone handed me a Keystone Light, and it just skyrocketed from there, baby. Yeah, <laughs> oh, the never bitter beer. 
Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, gross water. <clears throat> yeah, it's uh, I I'd still drink Keystone to this day. I'm I'm in that group where there's people. I would you give an ugly look, Jeff, but I still would. I feel like there's just in doing more research, there's people who are saying, I will always drink craft beer to the day that I die, and I'll never touch a macro. And I I predominantly drink that too. I'm not saying I only drink Miller Lite and Black Pond. Um, and then there's people who are like, well, like I love craft beer, but I also like a high life. I like, you know, one, one of those macros. Good. Thumbs up. Good. We're huge. We're huge high life fans here. Gotta be live forever. You know, you just gotta be, we are big Miller light. We're, we're high life in, in the big three, but honestly, like I've shifted more into just drinking more locally just because like, yeah, like the quality is better. I don't care if I'm buying a four pack for the price of a 24 pack. In that case, it's like, it's, it's become a hobby of ours and we enjoy it. So, um, I'm going to, I'm going to pivot real hard. Just like save me. Where did the name black pond come from? Uh, so black pond, um, is actually a pond in, um, in Woodstock, uh, which is where Mike and I went to high school. Um, and I grew up in Woodstock and I grew up actually like really close to black pond and, went fishing there growing up as a kid and stuff like that. Um, but really like the reason that it came up as a list of potential names for us was, um, because when we were in like late high school and like in college and stuff, we would go there and like drink beer and smoke weed and stuff. Nice. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll bleep, we'll bleep the smoke weed part. Bleep it out, yeah, right, dude. Right, whatever. It's going to be yeah, decriminalized. Yeah. And like, listen, the T, listen, the TTB might. Oh, that's true. Yeah, the TTB. yeah, but we, we, but we never inhaled though. That was the big thing. Yeah. No, yeah. no, the, whole, no. The old Bill Clinton excuse. I like that. We right, got in the presidency. Right. So I, I think we're fine. We're fine. <laughs> it was uh, anal suppository, but no. Inhaling, that's right. You know? Woo. <laughs> Take that TTB. Stop us now to treasury is going to stop us now (laughs) well yeah that's where it came from and the funny thing is there's uh (laughs) there's um there's actually another black pond in meriden connecticut Mm -hmm. and a couple years ago for the first um connecticut craft brewers guild festival um at the uh what is it the oakdale theater or whatever um uh I remember seeing it on the highway, seeing a sign for like the Meriden Black Pond. I was like, oh, that's kind of funny, you know, whatever. And then I was there pouring and like 10 people were like, I didn't know there was a brewery so close, like right over there in Black Pond. I was like, no, nah, we're at the we're at the real Black Pond in Woodstock. <laughs> you know, I don't know if you've ever heard of Woodstock, but like- We're Jimmy at the real Black Pond where Jimmy we do Hendrix anal depositories. played there and Janis Joplin played <laughs> Woodstock, there. yes. So, Dude, I went. I went to the town of Woodstock once. Okay, so we went there. We were passing through, and there was a hobo hippie, clearly from the '60s, standing on a bench with a like a horn cane, like a uh, uh, like hey, peace and love, uh, uh, you know. And these all these these dude these motherfucking hippies charged seventy five dollars for a fucking t shirt. Are they out of their goddamn? Screw it's off. It's vintage, dude. It vintage my ass. It was made in China. China. <laughs> yeah, whatever, dude. Exactly. Hey, how whatever. do you think how do you think my parents make their living? You know, like I was about to say that's that's Corey's family, so dude. <laughs> <laughs> Is that your dad with the horn cane? Yeah, yeah that's right. 
Way to oh, insult him and put them at jeopardy <laughs> with the TTB, Jeff. Great in the same interview. Got to make enemies, baby. If you're going to overcome now something, think about enemies. it. I remember him telling me that there was some asshole that didn't want to spend $75 for a t shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. made a whole scene, some, some whole scene. southwestern Connecticut asshole with his boots <laughs> and his ironic eyewear. Yeah, that's <laughs> him. That's Jeff. Okay, that's that asshole. Dude, I it's left. Weird. I, I left the t-shirt shop. Go no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was gonna say he's got this weird vinyl record that's half gold, half black. Yeah, yeah. that's right, man. He, and I spent way too much money on it. He probably I likes leave, the Fuji's, ironically. Yeah, yeah. I, I leave the t-shirt shop, go to a pastry shop. Two hippies that wouldn't get off of each other. They were just whole, <laughs> correct, just full engrossed in in, their, in each other, like you are your cat, Mike. What a beautiful, look at beautiful cat. Is that is that Mr. Kitty? I'm assuming the Mr. Kitty. Yeah. Wow. You know, I wasn't. We have Mr. Kitty live on the 1056 podcast. Wow. Mr. Kitty, tell me what style of beer do you prefer? Milk stout. Yeah. Uh, please, Corey, let, let Mr. Kitty answer, please. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying, trying to, to be the perfect. voice for the voiceless. Yeah. I, stepped, I stepped over my boundaries. That, you know, I didn't I didn't want to freak. Like, I'm, I'm a little jaded. I already met Mr. Kitty in person, so that's why I didn't freak out as much. You know, I'm trying to be professional here on the podcast. So uh, I assumed it was Mr. Kitty, and, you know, I was uh, celebrating inside when I saw the black tail. So, so. Yeah. We Go have on. two beers today. We already tried Machu Picchu and Tyler. I've already kissed your ass enough, and both their noses are brown enough to move on. We are going <laughs> to move on to Ban Headlines, which is your Berliner style Weiss. I can't pronounce words. No, you Lemon, meringue, pie, sour ale, which is a 4.5%. <clears throat> and, uh, here we go, Ty. Just based off the name, it sounds like you guys are very anti-journalism. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We hate we hate journalism. Good, but this good. Is, but w- let's get into that a little bit. I know that you don't, but let's get into it. Because <laughs> you have a picture here of a news building and, and a wrecking ball coming in hot. That's right. What's the inspiration here? Why Ben he- Ben headlines? Where did this come from? Um, so a lot of our beer names just come from, like, conversations that we have in the tap room. And, like, if somebody says something funny... We'll just kind of like write it down and put it on the list. And um, yeah, I just like uh, feel like that conversation came from uh, somebody saying that like, oh, people only read the headlines. They don't even like read the article and the headlines are often misleading. And, you know, we should ban headlines or something like that. <laughs> yeah. So I got, got put on the list and uh, made a decent label for it. So, yeah. And the TTB or whatever decided to say, hey, cool. That yeah. one actually did give us some trouble. Um, now that I think <laughs> about it, it. they they yeah. were asking about like what the Killingly collar was, and I was just like, "Well, it's a it's a fake newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> it's not real." And, and we're trying we're trying to show our disapproval of a fake newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> so they're like denied, denied, <laughs> denied because we have we have allegiances with that fake newspaper. Yeah, now. right. That's right. Dude. That's right. <laughs> that that's that's wild that they would is there text on that can if i had a magnifying glass could i read this um uh, i don't think no. there is text on that no. oh no it's like the lauren ipsum it's like the generic like yeah it's Latin. the i always forget oh, the name okay. of that stuff but yeah yeah One of is this is yeah. this another is this the same artist is this the same designer yep yep wow, it's pretty Waylon, right Waylon. yep Waylon. Wow. yep that's a great name i honestly like yeah. that shout out to Waylon, man why you make you change your name then ty I could. I mean, if there's a beer that's called like the Whalen, like 
Whalen times two where I'm the second Whalen, like, sure. Like I could do that. Like, it's great. It's great around, especially like, you know, like when you're in a small population area, you know, can, you can just say like, Hey, do you, have you ever met Wayland? And nobody's going to go Wayland who? Yeah. No, it's <laughs> only one of them. Literally I, I, you mean the one who does all that graphic design? No. Oh, yeah. there's dog. No, the other Wayland. He's the one who sells the $75 uh, hippie t-shirts. Yeah. To some <laughs> from Southwest Connecticut. Yeah. No, all right, Ty, let's that. try it. Take not that Wayland. Uh, I've been sipping it. That is that is honestly re- like that's really good too. Okay, I'm not okay. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna put on the unbiased hat here. Oh no, I I'm gonna hundred percent give you my preference between the two at the end of this. So don't. Okay, worry. good. Okay, I'm. Uh, I honestly really like this as well too. Um, for like a Berliner style, like they're they're supposed to be light. They're not supposed to be this like ten percent sour with marshmallow this is me this is how i brew the beer i'm just what i'm just doing dude <laughs> i don't know i just that that all right like you're so straight up this, straight up for the people at home he is fisting yeah. his own hand no, so no, i said it I no, said no, it. no 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 <laughs> it had to be said i'm twisting my fist around in my palm okay please let the record he's, show is is mortal and pestling yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> Jeff. god leave it to the people who are experts in making a co- liquid concoction this is this is what we do this is what yeah. we excel at i'm ignoring whatever you're gonna say okay that's Jeff. fine this, dude what else is new yeah uh it this is really good i mean kind of tastes like lemon meringue pie so boom yeah. nailed it that's, I, that's again honestly. again the, the same thing is that the the flavor is balanced right because it's right. there it's not overpowering it's still a beer <clears throat> you don't feel like you're just drinking liquidized lemon meringue pie which is not what i want i want to drink a beer and the flavors there in a, in a perfect balance, just like with uh, Machu Picchu. So yeah, much appreciated. My, the thing that I've noticed, and this this is strictly from a consumer, like I have no basis on this, I have no expertise. When I I love sour, I love sours and stouts. Like I love IP, I love everything, honestly. But I like sours and stouts. Except me. I, Sorry. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, just because, like, I, I feel like with sours and stouts traditionally like from the traditional recipe, like you can get kind of crazy with it. Like with stouts, you have your oatmeal stouts, your coffee stouts, your, you know, your imperial stouts. Like you can get kind of wild with that. And with your sours, you can add any sort of like fruit adjunct and and kind of go wild from there too. So I feel like the spectrum of what you taste is a lot different than let's say a traditional IPA with like Citra Mosaic and Galaxy, as opposed to Galaxy Mosaic and Citra. Whoa, like so different. Um, So I, I always, when I'm trying to like a, a brewery for the first time, I always tend to gravitate to those two and just see like, Hey, how, how can you go with a, a sour, a Berlin or so, sort of a more classic style? Um, and, and I really like this sometimes with these like overly citrus, like fruits, it, it'll just like burn your tongue. Like we reviewed a beer from evil twin, like the blue raspberry beer. And I mentioned that like sometimes drinking a raspberry preserve feels like you're licking a battery just because it's so tart and it just zaps any flavor you get otherwise. And the same thing goes with these lime, lemon, orange style beers. Um, And this really isn't that. So that's why I really like it. It's not this lemon. And by the way, you can jump your car by just sticking the ends in (laughs) in the beer, It's which is, it's really good. So it's very enjoyable and it's very palatable. And, and that, that is why I like it, and I'm un, as unbiased as possible when I say that. So it, it tastes as easy to drink as the alcohol content would suggest. 
right. which is nice. It's actually, you know, the uh, the Machu Picchu with the jalapeno, you know, as I was going, like it, the flavor started to sit on my tongue more and more as I went in a bad way. It was, it was really good. This is actually dissolving that for me. It's like, it's like yeah. re- relieving some of that spice for me, which is really interesting to drink in succession because I couldn't say that could have happened if I we reversed these beers. Yeah. Nothing says yeah. nothing says something to cure my acid reflux like a jalapeno saison and a lemon <laughs> Berliner Weiss. And guess what? It's, it's dessert. It. It's worth it. I would do this again and and have. Yeah, issues. we we keep a we keep a bottle of Tums at the brewery at all times, just <laughs> yeah. in case. Just know, in so. case. Yeah. So where did this one come from? Where the idea yeah. for this one? You decided lemon meringue pie. Um. So that's um that that beer is actually part of a series. So the band headlines is like a series. We do a different fruit on uh, each time we make it. Um, and um, the lemon meringue pie actually came from uh, one of our other, uh, one of our other uh, cohorts in the brewery. His name is Mark. He's our head of sales and he's our head contractor for all of our build out stuff, especially for the new place and stuff like that. And um, he loves lemon meringue pie. And um, he was like, well, you know, like, couldn't you make that into a beer? So we're like, probably. (laughs) So so we're like, well, this is, you know, this is the series to do it in. You know, we've already got this fruited sour series. We do a different one each time. So like, this would be the one to try it with. And um, that's basically where that came from. That one's pretty much all Mark. Yeah. It's, it's on. Shout out to Mark. Is there Mark Mark with a C? Oh, whoa. You know what? My cousin married a Mark with a Z. British Jew don't get them a lot. Jewish, as a Jew, you don't, you know that you don't get a lot of them. So she found a, (laughs) you know, some uh, diamond in the rough there. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) So is there, I mean, with lemon meringue, is there like lactose in this? Is there any sort of like adjunct there? Okay, there is good. Yeah, yeah, it's made with um, lactose, uh, vanilla, and um, graham crackers. Ooh, not, okay, yeah, because I kind of get like I get that definitely. Like, you get the basis of a lemon meringue pie. So, um, actually, on that note, it's it's interesting. I noticed on here, unless it's unless I totally missed it, but when it comes to like the TTB, and this is like a, a genuine question, when you do you have to include that like your beers contain lactose? Like, is that a requirement or is that just something that breweries do, just as a suggestion? Like, is is that like from a regulation standpoint is that something you have to disclose like when candy bars have this was made in a place with peanuts let's say is it it the same rules yeah so it's and it's ever changing so the brewing industry actually just last last year actually like end of 2019 beginning of 2020 just got um put under what's called FISMA uh, the food safety modernization act that was enacted like 10 years ago basically but it was a tiered program where they over time included more and more industries to make them align with larger federal requirements for these kind of things. So we've been kind of out of the loop for a while as an industry. So there hasn't, we, you know, you guys mentioned a little bit before about the wild west to some degree, and that's definitely the case. So this is a a way that, you know, a lot of that kind of stuff can be, um, you know, brought under the same kind of, you know, paradigm essentially, because you know, things like lactose, things like uh, particularly peanut butter. That's, that's one of their big ones. Uh, Cause yeah. it is a, a super allergen. Um, you gotta put, you gotta put the, uh, that there's peanut butter on there and stuff like that. So it is, it is something that, you know, we're, you know, uh, have to be a little bit more aware of as an industry uh, moving forward for sure. 
Yeah, that's, <clears throat> I, 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 like I said, I was generally curious about that. It's, I feel like it's one of those things as a consumer, you don't really realize, but as a business owner, you guys obviously know you, you nailed that. Like you, you almost like, it was like, almost like rehearsed because you probably have been through that a lot and just having to keep up with rules and regulations and whatnot. So, um, kind of, kind of very interesting to, to hear that note, but I'm, I'm loving this so far. This is honestly really good. Um, so I, I, I'm ready to give like my, my preference here. Good. Yeah. I, I was kind of here delaying it. just so I can decide I'm, I'm still kind of torn. So you go first. Now I'll give some context because I feel like this is comparing apples and oranges. Okay. Cause these are two different styles of beers, two different goals and two different like flavors to go along. So one person might love one and hate the other for bearing, but I, because you did what I thought would actually be impossible in beer, Machu Picchu has to be like my, my, where my mind keeps going because I am genuinely amazed by the balance of spice, right? Because that, that's the key even with food, right? When you add spice, when you add any kind of pepper is do you destroy the palate of the person that's eating it because it's funny or because they signed a disclaimer, <laughs> you know, or, or do you give them a balance where they get that bite, but there's like a, a, a strong mix of flavors and there's depth to it. And that's where you guys went with your beer. Right. So I, I actually have to give it to much to Machu Picchu as far as my personal preference, but the fact that you took, like, I, I get lemon meringue pie in this beer, which we have, we have reviewed fruity beers before, and we've either had, like it was multiple fruits and we miss some, we get some, but miss some others, or we miss one altogether. And it would be the fruit that they're, they're advertising altogether. Like it's yeah. on the can, it's in the design. And we completely missed, like we couldn't even taste it for whatever reason. It is a perfectly balanced lemon ring pie sour ale, but I just, I just can't get over this Machu Picchu beer. Like I just yeah. can't get over how <laughs> the jalapeno is. I, cause I was nervous. I was nervous. You know what, Ty, you remember this. A friend of ours, we went and got sushi once and they had a jalapeno sushi roll. Oh God. And it was, it literally, it, it literally looked like it had color at one point and someone just sucked the color right out of it. It was gray jalapenos, man. It was like, like olive, gr olive green, brown, and gray. And we love their sushi. We're not going to say who. <laughs> I will say because they don't, they don't actually serve this anymore. So I can say this is Kama Sushi in, um, in Stratford. Yep. Fantastic sushi. They don't serve this anymore, probably because people stopped ordering it. But a friend of ours got it, and and I and we tasted it. It was awful. It was just like, why is the jalapeno in this? Like, get it out of here. So I was nervous going into Machu Picchu here, and you changed my mind, Corey, Mike. You changed my mind. Glad you enjoyed it. You changed my um, heart today. I feel like I'm like Steven Crowder at the at the table. Like, <laughs> jalapeno yeah. beer is trash. You changed, changed my, my mind, there, Corey. Oh. You did it. Congratulations. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's it's honestly tough. I, I'm also gonna say the jalapeno saison is is the better of the two for the exact same reason. Like the Berliner, this is a this is what it should be, and it's accomplished that exactly. Um, I just think for the same reason, just based on the peppery beers that I've had in the past. Like I know when we were talking to Spencer, I kind of asked about it, and I was like, you know what, you know how spicy is this? And he's like, well, it's not that bad. And I had heard this about this other beer. So I was like, okay, here we go again. Um, <laughs> and that is the perfect balance of like, you get the traditional beer of a Saison and then a little bit of the spiciness. And it kind of goes 
back and forth, at, at least how it is with me. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay. Like, yeah, I get it. I, I'm willing to have another one. 100. I have one more left in my fridge. Definitely going to have it this weekend. So when you great. open up the new location, will Machu Picchu make an appearance there? Oh, for sure. That's, that's oh. our, that's our best, that's our best known beer. Um, and just to like kind of piggyback off of what you're saying too is, um, yeah, like when we go for like wonkier beers, like um, one of the big things that we try to do is have a really solid backbone of like the beer behind it. And then whatever flavor um, that we're adding to it or, or flavor or flavors, you know, multiple flavors or whatever are kind of, they're designed to um, meld into the flavor of the backbone beer itself, you know? So um, uh, it's not like when you have the jalapeno beer, you're not just drinking jalapeno, you're drinking a Saison, like a nice, it's like a solid Belgian ale right. that has this jalapeno um, flavor to it. You know, it's like mm -hmm. the, it's the, the whole thing is designed to meld together. Um, and that's like what a lot of our flavored beers do. Uh, for example, like we actually um, just re-released uh, our Maple Oktoberfest, and that does very much the same thing. Yeah, you you just missed it. That's what yeah. I'm doing right now. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. I, oh, I bet. Oh, oh I look at that. What's Bear it? branches. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm a little jelly, Corey. I'm a, I, I'm I a little it, jelly. I like to. I nickname it Brown Britches. Um, I don't know, I don't know why it just sounds right. But um, yeah, it's our it's our um, Oktoberfest. Uh, we use Connecticut maple syrup in it, and um, like the maple is there, but it's not like the the main focus of the beer. It's just part of the whole the whole beer. So I am a sucker for Oktoberfest, and every August that they come around, like I just that is my daily. You mean every June? <laughs> oh, yeah, it, it's getting earlier and earlier. You mean it's every like, month? Every it's year. like March rolls around. They're like, "Hey guys, get ready for Oktoberfest!" And I was like, "What year is it?" I, was like, what? I mean, to what? be fair, it's February and we're putting it out again, you know. But like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you call it bare britches, or what? What do you call it? <laughs> brown, brown britches. Brown britches. Brown britches. Yeah. britches, dude. Yeah, because if you have four bare branches, that's how it comes out of your mouth. It's just brown <laughs> Yeah, that that's my mind went exactly to that. I was like, that's what it sounds like when you have too many bare branches. It just comes out like that when you want a fifth one. Um so so I I, I tell you if, go ahead, Corey. Go ahead. Oh, I was just saying he nailed it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> so this is if you don't mind, like this has been an amazing interview. Yeah. So like yes. <laughs> but I, so before we go. I want you guys to have a chance to, you know, plug. We obviously just plugged the brewery for however long this episode has been. Um, so please years. go visit Black Pond Brews. Like it's totally worth it. These these two beers are just a sample of what they offer. Um, you guys want to plug any social media content, any social media following, or I noticed on your website that you have a couple you have a couple events coming up. Do you guys want to plug those? Sure. Yeah. Um, uh, we have. Um, well, we have our trivia night coming up, our trivia day. We're doing trivia on the patio on uh, the 20th, so not this Saturday, but the following Saturday. Um, we're doing a pop-up uh, cheese cheese tasting event with the Spread Cheese Company out of Middletown oh, yeah, yeah. on the 28th. Um, 
trying to think what else we have for events. I know, um, well, one of the, like the big thing we're doing right now is a fundraiser for our new location. Our new location is at um, 1001 Hartford Pike in Dayville, which is um, less than 10 minutes from our current spot. So technically with all, all within the same town. Um, so we're doing a fundraiser there. So if you go on to blackpombrews.com, you'll find, you'll find all the information for that. Um, I don't know, Mike, you have anything else to add? Um, not really. No, that's about it. Um, yeah, just, uh, you know, follow us online if you don't already. Um, check us out. Uh, we constantly rotate what beers we have available. And um, like we've mentioned in this uh, <clears throat> uh, discussion, like we like to play around and do different things. Um, yeah, and come uh, come check out like our new spot when it's, uh, it's going to be open. It's going to be a couple months, obviously. It's going to be sometime this year. Um, trying to keep it as vague as humanly possible, but, um, but yeah, you check out our website. Yeah. The, the fundraiser thing is a uh, founder's wall and a brewing experience. So, um, the founder's wall is obviously, you know, just, uh, you can get your name on a plaque, uh, in the tap room. Uh, but the brewing experience is a pretty cool paradigm where, uh, you'll sit down with us, um, come up with a, our, like a unique recipe and then we'll brew the beer on the new system basically. So you can get your name on it, um, special can release, all the rest of that kind of stuff. So it'll be very cool. Us. We'll be able to like play around with some stuff and, and even do it on the big system too, which is going to be a lot of fun. So it's, um, so what, yeah, so what it you're saying is all we need is just to pull together enough money to make our clam chowder beer. <laughs> Here it comes. Incoming. Let's do it. I'm we just can do saying. a clams casino pizza beer. Oh mm. shit! See, this is why you guys are the business oh, owners. Shit. Corey, <laughs> Corey, I wasn't prepared for this. Now, that, listen, this is mm. this is why I need to go to therapy. You know, like I just I need to talk <laughs> about these feelings. Yeah. that you have just brought upon yeah. me. Great. You know what? You. It all my started mind. when I was a kid. Yeah, and I ran away <laughs> to join the circus. <laughs> eventually i started a podcast where a, a owner of a brewery just dropped some knowledge on me that blew my mind oh my god yeah that on shit that's i'm not even and, uh, you guys are you guys are metal fans right he jeff is yeah not i'm okay. i like metal i i don't you, you just like john may you're just a john mayer yeah, fan. Okay, he's a system yeah. of a down fan and that's where it, it kind of starts oh, and okay ends. okay yeah, yeah that's something systems okay. systems dope no Good. <laughs> have you heard their new their new the couple new songs they put out yeah dude i, Listen. I heard both singles and um yeah I, I liked one like jeff's jeff you know you described the two singles better than well me. the first song was was really tame considering them and i think that was a conscious choice because it was really heavy to do with what's going on in armenia mm. and they didn't want to get all weird and freaky with it because it was actually really serious so they're kind of like hold on a second let's keep it together but then immediately in the second track they got they, like they they went with the craziness that they're known for because yeah. i think they also knew like if we're going to put out a, we're going to put out a couple songs that, and it's been forever since we've done it let's give people a system of a down so they kind of gave us a second track that was more of that high speed frantic nature that they're known for so i think they i think they were both great songs and it was for a good cause it's something they're very passionate about yeah in fact like this, this is something ty i don't know if you know this but like their their drummer is not as politically aligned with the rest of the band as you might think i did know that and yeah. the only thing that kind of keeps them together as far as the band politically is their goals for their what's going on in armenia and otherwise they kind of differ what's going on here in America. 
And that's might be one of the reasons why we haven't gotten like more new music because it's mm. all focused on what's going on in our media. But hey, that's just interesting. That's well, just my hot takes. Yeah, that's that's a good hot take. You know, I didn't I didn't know any of that. <laughs> uh, all, all I thought when I heard it and like what I've thought about the last couple of releases was like, man, there's like a lot less surge and a lot more um what's his name darian yeah, the guitar yeah. player yeah yeah yeah, yeah, the yeah there's a lot yeah. more of his on vocals i just i just like surge you know yeah <laughs> well they've always like... been known for the dual vocals in that band yeah, with yeah. the two of them going back and forth yeah absolutely um but yeah uh gentlemen cory mike honestly it, it's been a pleasure um you guys are awesome check them out black prom brews on all social media go down to their founders wall um, maybe if you have enough, uh, chowder, you can make your own chowder beer with them. Okay. Listen, I'm just feeding Fuck off the you. Creativity. I'm just feeding <laughs> off the creativity. Okay. Guys, I'm just saying <laughs> it's electric here. No, gentlemen, thank you so much. And, yes. um, I can't wait to visit you guys soon. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. Thanks thank you for guys. having us. Yeah. Hopefully yeah. we, hopefully we could do this again sometime. That'd be great. Always. Yes, sir. Yeah. Thanks guys.